once that shifted, once I started getting my ability to control my own thoughts back, everything got a little bit easier. Not completely, but just enough to get started. Welcome to the Phase 4 Podcast, inspired by Vishen Lakhiani and Ajit Nawalkar, co-founders of Evercoach, a division of Vine Valley. In this podcast, we speak to coaches and creatives about where they were, where they are, and where they are going. This is the intersection of what we focus on expands, and your story is your superpower. My guest today is Shelly Bortolato. She's a coach specializing in noticing, understanding, and replacing negative internal thought patterns. Shelly empowers her clients by implementing new ways of viewing internal chatter to make your life your best life. Shelly, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, JP. That's such a perfect way to describe the joys of what I get to do when I work with people. Yeah, I'm definitely grateful. Um, I think I always love to start with like, how did you get into this coaching and what led you towards it? Well, it's simple, really. I was struggling, struggling so hard with postpartum anxiety. Um, it was undiagnosed for two years. So in that time frame, my body rewrote itself to hate on itself. So all those sort of negative thought patterns of I'm not good enough, who am I, everyone else is better than me, I should have done this, 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 all the shoulds, kind of became ingrained in this new way of thinking so that even once the physical chemicals were back and I was able to be out of postpartum anxiety, I didn't feel quote-unquote recovered because I hated on myself daily from the minute I woke up to the minute I went to sleep which makes it really challenging to parent a young child when you're trying to instill in them that sort of sense of joy and love and worth and you're trying to hide it yourself. So I got into coaching because I needed to retrain my brain to like and love itself and I did that and I was so grateful and so happy. And then through COVID, I realized that other people need this too and I have this skill and I can do that. And that's when everything shifted and I got to start coaching people. And I I couldn't have gone, I couldn't have imagined my life would have taken this turn, but I'm so grateful I get to impact my clients this way. Yeah, that's beautiful. So we're talking about neuroplasticity here. You're fired and wired new connections in your brain to listen to that chatter over time. Every single day becomes the same. You're firing and wiring, firing and wiring. And then all of a sudden you start believing the lie that it is internal chatter in your brain. Is that right? Yeah, very much so. You wake up in the morning and you think, how am I a terrible parent today? And that is the question that you then start to answer on a daily basis. Wow. And so this is also part of like Maslow's hierarchy of needs where postpartum, you said anxiety. So I would love to know about that in a sec because usually it's called postpartum depression. And I'd never heard it that way. So I'm sure you have an interesting take. But this is Maslow's hierarchy of needs where you're at the lowest one and you're not even meeting your own secure basic needs. And so you're talking about how you're trying to help your daughter, but this voice is trying to block you and it's not even your real self, but it feels so real in the moment. 
yeah, it's a sense of like, it's funny you brought up why it isn't postpartum depression. It was That's why I struggle with the diagnosis because before having my child, I had had depression for a couple of years, kind of when I was engaged and just about to get married. And then when I had my daughter, all I could think was, I'm not depressed. It's not depression. And I was struggling with the lack of sleep, um, the breastfeeding struggles. I had DMER, which is a very unknown breastfeeding challenge. It feels like the dementors from Harry Potter are sucking your soul out just when the baby is latching on. And it can cause quite a lot of angst because for a lot of women, the story is that breastfeeding is meant to be this beautiful, rewarding experience and it makes everything worthwhile. And I remember sitting in a darkened room so my daughter wouldn't wake up too much, breastfeeding her, experiencing this soul-sucking, draining sensation of energy and crying on her, like letting the tears drop off me onto her face in the middle of the night at 3, 3 a.m. And all I could think of is I'm not depressed. There's technically nothing wrong with me. And it wasn't until the doctors diagnosed me as postpartum anxiety that the light bulb went on. It wasn't just me struggling and not being good enough. It was the brain chemicals in my brain was simply out of whack. And at that point, I could stop blaming myself. So it was such a light bulb moment. Yeah. So this is an important distinction for everyone. When we talk about depression, anxiety, these kind of issues, there's a chemical imbalance. And so when we talk about, I hear a lot in coaching, like just drop the pills and I'm not a proponent of pills, but there's times when it's definitely necessary to take the pills. And this is one of those times there's a chemical imbalance, the pill balances it out, which allows you to kind of move towards your better self and heal yourself. Yeah, and that was exactly what happened, is I had the doctors, once I'd finished breastfeeding, give me a pill. Uh, I couldn't even call it a pill. I just called it tablets. I'm just taking my tablets. I'm an Aussie, so tablets is kind of like the word we use. And it worked. I remember about three weeks in, I woke up. I had a shower for like the first 15 minutes of my day. I felt normal. And I was like, oh, this is what normal feels like. And I realized how hard it was like I'd been wading through mud for two years trying to parent my daughter and go back to work and still be an employee. And once that shifted, once I started getting my ability to control my own thoughts back, everything got a little bit easier. Not completely, but just enough to get started. Yeah, the analyzer in the head, right? If you listen to her all the time, it's it could be detrimental. And then I think I shared with you, my audience definitely knows my story about pills, 33 pills a day and all that. And then I'm doing it to, to myself. I'm telling myself I'm sick. I'm sick because I'm going four different times a day, taking all these pills at like age 30. And it's like, I'm wiring it in, kind of like you were saying. Oh, I'm just, I'm wiring to myself. I'm sick. I'm sick. And all the evidence is appearing that way, right? And so one thing I like, I don't obviously wish it on anybody, but what, well, go ahead. Go on. That, that's the, I think what you're saying is it's what we tell ourselves about the pills that we're taking. 
you were saying, I'm sick, I'm sick, I'm sick. And un- until you rewrote that and decided to do it differently. And for me, it was like, this is working. I've finally found what is working and it is working. And I was on it for about six months. And there are a couple of other things we need to do at the same time. But it wasn't ever a case of I'm broken. It was a case of I'm fixing myself. Yeah. And it was always designed to be a very short period treatment. It was never, ever going to be a long-term thing. Yeah, and it should be like that, right? If you're doing it for years and years, then there's other ways and other modalities. Like my idea is like if you're doing it and you're not getting better, then is it helping? And I think it's important to just lay that out there because it allows you not only to sympathize with your clients now, but empathize with your clients. And I always go back to Tony Robbins. He says, how can you take the worst thing that ever happened to you and make it the best thing that ever happened to you? And I believe, tell, please tell me if I'm wrong, but that's kind of what's happened with you. Yeah, and actually it happened to me because somebody that had had postpartum anxiety put up a website and the first thing it said was, postpartum anxiety is temporary and treatable with professional help. Wow. It's one of the few times Googling things it's really worked out. And so after that kind of switch, then you start to get better. You realize you have this superpower where, hey, I can overcome this, where so many people are just going through the system and it's not helping and you have other ways kind of. Did you ever take a CBT course, cognitive behavioral therapy? Uh, Many, many, many years ago when I had a little bout of anxiety or depression, like generalized anxiety when I was 18, that was it. Uh, but then I did do my coach training, and that is very focused in this idea that thoughts create feelings and feelings drive actions. It's a right. style of CBT for sure. Yeah, let's talk about that. I love that part. So you have a thought. The thought makes you feel a certain way. That feeling makes you do some certain action, and then you get the result. And then it's a pattern, and it reloops. It's, it's a pattern that reloops over itself. It does, and we want to actually stretch that out a little bit more, and we want to put the circumstance in at the top so that we can really highlight to people you have a thought about a thing, and it is not the thing that makes you feel all guilty and shameful. It's your thought about that. This thing is neutral until you have a thought about it. And then I love the bit at the bottom where you get to look at all these actions that have come from this feeling that you've been taking because of this thought, and they group together to create this result. So it's really obvious. I have this thought, which create, which is me stepping into this loop of creating my result. Yeah. I explain it to people like this is you're driving on the highway and a car cuts you off. And that's the thing. And it's neutral. The car cut you mm-hmm. off and you attach a meaning to it. So you have a thought like this guy's a jerk or... You may, and then that will lead to a feeling of anger and then the action. You might flip the guy off or cut him off, or you could be like, oh my God, I hope he's okay. And maybe his wife's pregnant, which leads to a feeling of compassion. And the action is like, okay, let the guy go and don't worry about it, right? But so the same thing happened, the same event, and then it's the meaning that we attach to it. Yeah, I actually coached a guy on this specific type of situation. He wanted to be less 
um, in a hurry when he drove. And the impact of that coaching was that he did drive more calmly. And then when he got to the ski hill, they realized one of their kids had forgotten their skis. So there was this moment where he could have been really, really in this big, upset, frustrated place to start with. But because he'd driven up there calmly, he was super calm. So he was able to just pivot and be like, oh, it's okay, we'll go for a hike instead, or they did something else. And then he still created this wonderful connection with his kids because he wasn't spending the last two hours being all frustrated and anxious and angry at this driver in his head. It was kind of cool, like, to find the story of how it all worked. Right. And then he probably even sees that awareness where, like, hey, man, if that was two months ago, I probably would have been freaking out and forgot skiing. Let's go home. (laughs) Yeah, he totally was. It was part of the conversation. He's like, I'm so glad we coached on that because I had this amazing day. It was so incredible. That's awesome. So maybe let's talk about your company. What's it called? Who's your ideal clients? And I know you can work with anybody, right? Coaching, we can coach anyone, but. Yeah, so, so you did this incredible little meditation before we started. And the thought I had as we were doing that was I coach people that are completely whole and complete and are fully worthy in the world. And their brain has just forgotten that. They've just forgotten how to believe it. And I just help them remember it. And then I give them the skills to keep managing and watching their brains that they will always be able to choose, oh, I'm in this situation. I want to feel this way. I'm going to need to think this. So they can always show up in situations with that love and grace and genuineness and connection to people that they want. Yeah. Very, very often I find people that have gone through some level of um, postpartum anxiety or some struggle and that has sort of taken over who they now believe themselves to be. If we get to unwrite that and like remind themselves that they get to be an amazing human person with all the humanness that involves like dumping on ourselves and feeling guilt and shame and getting angry at other people and not knowing how to set boundaries into this person that can just bring pas- compassion and presence and connection to people. Yeah. I could go on and on about who I love to work with because clearly I love working with people and coaching them to be who they want to be. Um, I can coach anybody. Typically I'll coach women that are around sort of that 30 to 40 to 50 age because Often that's when the kids are fin- they're finished with the kids and then they're thinking, oh, what do I do now? Or they're just starting with kids. They're through that first hard few years and now they're thinking, okay, now how do I raise this person? And that means I need to be the person I want them to be. Yeah. Um, my company is just myself, shellybortolotto.com. You can visit my website. And I work one-on-one with people very uniquely, confidentially in this lovely little Zoom space that's very safe and very confidential. Yeah, it's beautiful. Your website is beautiful too, by the way. Very simple, elegant, and just I know exactly what I'm going to get if I'm signing on and checking it out. There's a book by a guy named, his name's Panash Desai, and the book is called you are enough. 
Oh. And I, yeah. And I think you touched on it. Like people think that something's wrong or all these doctors are telling me I need to do this and that it's, but nothing's wrong, right? You're not broken. You can't be fixed. We can't fix you because you're not broken in the first place. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I just, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I did a consult with a client and I, she said, yes, that's wonderful. We walked all through what was going on in her life and how she wasn't feeling good enough. And she took one sentence away from that consult and it was, I am enough. And she got on the first call and said, Shelly, I slept so much better than I've ever slept before just because I could tell myself I am enough. That's powerful, eh? Yeah. And then, and then of course, we went on to do beautiful things as I worked together. But just the impact of that one single sentence, I am enough was such a such a gift i mean she got she gave herself the gift but i was so excited to be there it's, it's like watching a little kid unwrap something under the christmas tree you just want to watch their excitement and their yeah, joy that's, that's the thing about coaching is that those moments right where you just see it lock in or something like that where they've got it and they didn't have it five minutes ago and it's like that's it that's why i do this yeah and I want to offer to everybody listening to this, you are enough. It doesn't matter if your brain is trying to tell you 20 times a day that you haven't done enough things and that things aren't going the way they should and everything should be different. You are enough. 100%. And part of the brain sometimes depends what it is, but the brain will just trick you out of things like, just because it's easier to do nothing. The brain wants to conserve energy and just be lazy. And I always use the example, like I go running and my brain always tells me, oh, you can't do it. You're not going to do it. You're not going to finish. You don't have like, and it's like, I there was a point where I believed it and I was like, not sure. And I would still always finish, but it was like, uh, can I finish? Should I stop? Or, and now I know it's like lying to me and tricking me. And it, it's still there. I heard a guy, they call him the Iron Cowboy. He ran 99 triathlons in 99 days. And on day 100, he said his brain was still telling, you can't finish this. You're not going to be able to do it. And he's like, what do I have to do? <laughs> Actually, that's really cool. You gave me the clue as you were talking. You said one of the questions you're asking yourself is, can I finish? Now, a question like that always, it kind of, locks the brain into looking for the negative answer, the, the trending downwards answer. So when you're asking yourself, can I finish? It's, oh, I don't know if I can. So it's really to do with not our, the thoughts in our head, but the questions we start to ask ourselves even before we have the thoughts. Beautiful, yeah. And the questions are huge. And then the alternative, like if, you, if you're not sure where you're at in life or what you want to do and you're missing your purpose or whatever that angle is, Start asking questions. What is my purpose? And your brain will go to work and try to find an answer for you. Yeah, notice how that question is so much more powerful because you're like kind of asking a question but pointing it in the direction you want to go. Like, how am I an amazing person today versus how am I a terrible parent today? So are you saying that you watch the chatter because it's not going to disappear and then just reframe it into something that is more empowered? It's, as you know, when we coach, it's about 
like watching the chatter, but the coaching helps you slow down the chatter. So instead of like being in it, you can kind of watch it from this top-down perspective. When you can watch it from a top-down perspective and see yourself telling you having the chatter, you're like, oh, it's it's easier to step out of it. It's not it's not always doable. There's a couple of different techniques, but it is easier to start slowing it down and telling yourself something different. Oh, I watched myself shaming and guilting myself. Oh, wait, but I did this good thing today. Right. I think Jordan Peterson might be a little touchy for some people, but he says that it's how one of the things he does in clinical psychology is people think their life is always like that and it's constantly like that. So he'll walk people through the past week and say like, tell me about your past week. Okay, did anything good happen? Did this? And then as the people start talking out loud, they start seeing, oh, you know what? I'm not always like this. There was a couple good moments up and down, up and down, but it's there's the evidence of yourself. Like it's no one else. You just described your past week and you provided evidence for you that it's not a constant like so to ask these questions and to to do introspection and look for where's the gold in the in the ore where's the positive in all the negative where's the light in the dark and once we start asking these questions we can start to find evidence yeah we can and the next part of that is noticing hey we're in what we call a high value cycle you know we're, we're telling ourselves the good things but we're in a low-value cycle, which is we're struggling to believe in ourselves and we're seeing all our failures. And it isn't trying to always get us up to those high-value cycles. It's actually teaching our brain that you've got the skills to step back up. We're not trying to stay on top of the stairs. We're trying to build the skill and the brain muscles to step back up the stairs again. Yeah. Because you'll describe- get better. Yeah, for sure. I describe it as like zoom in and zoom out. Like there's times where we're so zoomed in that like, oh, and life is never going to change. It's always going to be like this and these kind of words. And that's when you need to zoom out and be like, hey, it wasn't always like that. It probably won't be. Or the alternative, you could be zoomed out so far where like you need to zoom in and okay, I need to focus on right now. How do I get through the next five minutes? I love that idea of just like, Noticing, do I need to zoom in here and focus on a specific task or zoom out and remind myself that it doesn't matter if I didn't get, if I'm a terrible, if I'm not good at one thing, like I'm good at many, many other things. I was thinking an example, but I didn't want to tell it because it doesn't matter if I park over the lines, I'm a terrible parker. <laughs> in I'm like, it doesn't matter if I'm terrible at parking. I'm still an amazing person who's going to get out and smile and talk to the person next to me. Hey, and if you take up two spots, nobody will hit your car. I don't deliberately do it, JP. It's not on purpose. <laughs> I'm just joking. So one question I ask everybody is, this is the Phase 4 podcast, and Phase 4 in the six-phase meditation by Vishen Lakhiani is all about creating your future three years out. So where is Shelly three years from today? Oh, I get to coach more people. The best part is bringing on real clients and having such a higher level of skill at this one-on-one coaching that I'm looking towards doing group coaching. And that's a very businessy answer. Where I am in three years from time is my daughter and I have like 
the seasons pass to the PNE, which is the the local fair that we can go to in the summer. And there's just so many times where I get to say yes to my daughter to do whatever we want to do because I've created all this value in the world and a certain amount of value has come back to me. And I have that connection with my family that I do have now, but it just feels bigger because we can do more. Yeah, love it. Expand. That's what we're all about, right? While we focus on expand, your story's your superpower, and sounds like you're doing both of those things. I definitely love that because like a couple weeks ago, I was able to go watch my daughter at like the regionals for cross country. And in my old life, I wouldn't have been able to do that. And so I know exactly what you're saying where that time, you can keep your money. It doesn't matter. Like the time is what those moments are, what's life's about, right? It's the simplest things. I remember when I had postpartum anxiety, I was dropping my daughter off at daycare. She's in a great daycare. And then the 15 minute drive was just me crying my eyes out, which incidentally, my husband saw me pulled over on the side of the highway, saw me crying. And that's part of how we had a bigger conversation that I'm not doing okay. Now I get to take her to school. I get to drop her off. I get to talk to all the other parents and then go for a walk and then start my day because I was able to focus on, hey, this needs to be different. How can I create a career and a lifestyle where I get to not start my day in stress and get to start my day in the way I want to do it? So important too, right? You're either reacting or proacting. And if you can proactively start the day you want, the way you want to, then you're not going to spend the rest of your day reacting to all the because all that noise and all that stuff's happening anyway, right? And so, but if you're just constantly reacting, that's when you get sick. That's when you're in a stress response is always turned on and you don't get to turn it off. When you go to sleep at nighttime, you're not able to rest and repair properly. And then you're just headed for dis-east. It cycles around. Yeah. So as we wind down, maybe if this episode resonates with you, please like, subscribe, share, follow, all that stuff. No hard sell. And share it with somebody. And as I say share it with somebody, there's someone that just came into your mind. And that's the person you need to share it with. And Shelly's story is so powerful because she's not just reading it out of a textbook. She lived it and now she can help others through it. So reach out to Shelly. And um, I think it's important that when you when that person comes into your mind, who when I said share it, that's the person who needs to hear it. And so maybe when we we went into the future, we learned about your past, we learned about what you're doing now. Is there some things that you can share with us maybe for someone who just doesn't know where to start and they're hearing this and they're thinking, man, that sounds great, but that's not me. That's not for me. Well, that's, I think, the question is, it doesn't have to be for everybody. But if they're thinking it's not for me because they're not feeling, they're feeling like they're broken, you're not broken. You're completely whole and worthy and you're good enough. You're more than good enough. So for those people, I might offer those three simple words we talked about. I am enough. Yeah, it's so powerful. The reason I asked that question is I wanted to kind of elicit that exact response that I thought I was going to get because it's so powerful and it just, 
it's just the same message again, but it it's so important to realize like there's nothing wrong with you. You're not broken. You don't need because this is the thing. I think people think that I need to get fixed. Who can fix me? Someone outside me is gonna help fix me. Well, you're not broken, so there's nothing to fix. It's it's so really I, I remember feeling so incredibly broken. It is so hard to make that shift in your brain that maybe broken's not the right world. Maybe you can say, I'm still worthy even though it doesn't feel that way right now. Right. It's a little longer, but it's a little softer to ease ease you and to start seeing what we're talking about here is that it's possible to keep going. Yeah. And it's it's not always gonna be like that, right? It's gonna we can change and like the proof is all the time. Look at the seasons are changing, nature, everything around. It's always in a constant that's the only constant in the world is that change. So to think that you're stuck like that forever, it might not be totally true. It's not totally true because our thoughts are always changing. So our feelings are always changing. So it's possible to, to be somewhere different tomorrow. Yeah, I love it. And so maybe as we begin to wind down, before I ask my final question, is there anything that you want to share that we didn't touch on about your business, yourself, maybe a message or things you'd like to do? And I think you've really covered it, JP. It's it's really coaching is about building that skill of being able to zoom in or zoom out and control what we're telling ourselves so that we can feel the feelings to get results we want. And that is a skill that is completely learnable. That's what all my clients walk away with. And they have that skill for the rest of their lives. They can forever come and bring themselves back to telling themselves something helpful in their day so that they can go on with the rest of their day. And they don't have to push down the feelings. They learn how to allow the feelings so that they don't have to stay stuck in the emotions that they're trying to bury it's like they're trying to push them like a beach ball underwater. Yeah. Or that is, yeah, go on. Sorry. I was just going to say that trying to push them down. When I first, like I call it a spiritual awakening. I don't know what you call it. But when that first started happening, I told you I got off the pills. That was these horrible feelings coming up. And I kept trying to push them back down and choke them back down. And then I realized, no, I need to just let it go. And then what happens is like, once you do that, then you move through it. And there's another part to that work. I think we have like something like 60 to 90,000 thoughts a day and 95% of them are the same as the day before. So we're literally just repeating the same day almost or the same thoughts. And so you're allowed to challenge your thoughts. Is that true? And once you start asking those kind of questions too, you'll find out that maybe they're not. Yeah. And sometimes when you challenge your thoughts, it's easy just to shift out of them. And sometimes it's that, there's that second step of letting yourself feel the feeling. It is safe to feel the feeling. And when you do actually feel it rather than pushing it away, it does go out of your body and it does leave you alone. And it stops reinforcing those thoughts that you were having day after day. Yeah. I call it clouds. Like, so sometimes there's rain clouds come by, sometimes sun, big puffy white clouds and if you just wait long enough, the clouds will move and they'll change. But you're the sun and you're always there. Oh, I love that idea. Because we always talk, I always talk about thoughts are like clouds, they come and go. 
the concept that you're the sun, you're always shining bright. Thank you. I'm going to use that one. I'm totally stealing it. No problem. Yeah, for sure. I hope it helps. And with that, where can people reach you? Well, they can go to my website. You'll, I'm sure, link it up in the show notes. It's a little long. It's shellybortolotto.com. You can also follow me and find me on Facebook. And if you are on Facebook and you want to get in touch with me, the simplest way is just by messenger. Because I love getting into messenger and getting messages from people. I am on Instagram, but not as much. Facebook is definitely my jam. Amazing. Shelly, I'm very grateful for your time today, and thank you so much. It's such a pleasure, JP. I'm so glad we connected. Have an amazing day yourself. Welcome to the Phase 4 Podcast. 